Uh, OKR is just uh, uh, one of the approaches you can use to to set company goals and then break down these goals into the lowest level to align people towards the most important strategic goals for the company. And also uh, the framework can help you to um, not only align and engage, but also uh, align in the focus, but also to engage uh, people. Uh, because right now, a lot of companies is struggling with not engaged, uh, uh, not engaged uh, people uh, because of the remote or hybrid work. Uh, there is not enough uh, this connection of human to human in the offices, and uh, it's quite difficult to keep focus and to keep the uh, people engaged with um, with the company goals. And this uh, framework perfectly helped to solve this problem with engagement, focus, and alignment. Welcome to episode 151 with Victor Greco a young startup founder based in Ukraine. Victor is the CEO and co-founder of Oboard, an OKR management plugin for Jira and Salesforce. Now, if you heard about OKR and you're not sure what it is about, then this episode is for you. In brief, OKRs encourage a more collaborative approach, allowing employees to set their personal goals and foster a sense of ownership and empowerment. In this episode, we discuss Victor's entrepreneurial journey, how he's handling the pressure to keep his business thriving in a country at war, how to implement the OKR framework in your company, and how OKRs can remove bottlenecks, of course. And talking about bottlenecks, are you truly aware of the bottlenecks hindering your business growth. Don't guess, assess now. Take the bottleneck index to unlock your business potential. It's free, quick, and your customized results are instant. You'll find the link in the show notes. And now let's turn to the conversation. Hey, Victor, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Lauren. Hi, and thanks for having me here. So let's start and let's dive directly into bottlenecks because you know this is what this uh, podcast is about and if i ask you to uh, take the bottleneck index uh your score was like 47 percent uh your biggest issue was actually delegating so let me ask you what did you learn from this from this uh, test uh, so it's interesting to understand to understand where i am or what i can improve here and uh, i say i would like to say that uh to be honest i i think um I think I was a little bit. I was carefully uh, evaluate my uh, all my questions. Uh, I was asked it like maybe it can be better if I will be more confident in different areas. But I decided to be like to say Precious. to to not overestimate uh, me to underestimate me a little bit in in all questions. Uh, but I think uh, yeah, uh, definitely. A lot of things can be improved here. Did it reveal anything you didn't know? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but if I had asked you the same questions five years ago, would the answers have been different? Yeah, five years ago, I was not uh, the owner of the company, uh, mm-hmm. and I was not I was not responsible for like 
20 people uh, who is right now working with me. So probably yes, uh, probably it would be uh, absolutely different uh, because like the situation was completely different uh, yeah. for me at that time. Yeah. What is your current biggest bottleneck? I would say it's a big uh, it's a big challenge uh, for me right now to rise the team, to rise the company, and involve international uh, people inside. So we are quite comfortable to work uh, inside uh, to work inside in our small like the, the people from our close society. Let's say, and uh, it's a big challenge for me right now to start hiring people abroad. Uh, people from all around the world and to start integrating them into our community. Uh, maybe, again, uh, it will be absolutely needed uh, on the on, in the future mm-hmm. uh, when we potentially will be passing like the number of from 50 to 100 people. Right now we're 20. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a big challenge because we understand how to build the company culture around our small uh, uh, small small community which is quite uh, which has a lot of common in culture common in language common in uh, yeah. in habits but future growth is absolutely impossible without international hirings and uh, I would say I I'm preparing myself to do this for the future and right now we don't have any international professionals in our team but you want you want to have and what 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 does make what makes it such a big challenge i would say it's it's to embed these people into our company into our existing culture uh because yeah we right now we have so what's what's the team what's the difference between group and team yeah it's it's the common values yeah and um to share our values with international people is, I think it's it's challenging. Um, that's why, yeah, yeah. Do they have do they have the same values? Would they react the same? Uh, will they will they accept your company's culture once once you hire them? Uh, this these are all great great questions. I've lived twenty years, twenty four years now abroad, so I understand I understand your struggle. It's not it's not easy. Um, what are you? Uh, how do you prepare yourself? I always, uh, I always ready to uh, to to learn something new. Um, so, for example, currently I I started uh, my master degree in university mm. uh, in American University of Kiev, um, and it's also good to know uh, again to collaborate with new people to learn something new, and uh, especially this. Uh, uh, educational course of global management is uh, aiming to uh, to give understanding how to expand on international markets, how to understand these different cultures, uh, how to build the relations with the people outside. Also, a lot of things about emotional intelligence, which is important to to human to human communications. Mm, yeah. When you are talking about emotional emotional intelligence, if I was asking you. Tim, to describe you as a leader today, what do you think they would say? Uh, so my leadership approach is um, is is standing on a couple of pillars. I would yeah. say the one uh, one of them is I'm trying to find uh, the 
objectives and goals for for my team members to make them engaged with what they're doing on daily work. Uh, first of all, let's say we are working in uh, in goal settings uh, area. Uh, we are building OKR software, and we are we really love what we do, and we we have the same value in, internally. That's why we use OKRs internally. And when we break down OKRs uh, from top to bottom, we always use uh, not top to bottom approach, but also bottom up. So all we give an opportunity to people to choose what they would like to do. Uh, what, how they can contribute to the company uh, strategic goals. So to come up with the idea. So I would say the first one, it's uh, we're given a lot of independency to our, mm-hmm. uh, to our team members. And the second point is so to 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 find this motivation, yeah, uh, for themselves, not only uh, based on some strict KPIs. And the second pillar is um, is a trust, yeah. Uh, we um, we are quite small, and I think that's why it's quite easy to to trust to each other. Uh, we don't track time, we don't track um, uh, strict KPIs, we don't uh, create, we we don't link KPIs to to your salary. We there is no necessary to to build any uh, reports based on what's do- what was done. Like uh, that that that's I think it's it's. It's the main values in our company. The bottom-up approach to set the, the goals, and the second, yeah. it's it's a trust. I, I would say yeah. this is the biggest value of our right. team. I want I want to talk a little bit more about the trust, and then we'll talk more in details about OKRs. Uh, yesterday, I was having a, a conversation with uh, one of my clients, and you know we were talking about hiring staff, and he, he, he had a lot of difficulties of letting go because he thinks like he would do. With, things better and faster himself and you know so we we're talking about trust that was there was that definitely that trust issue he needed to trust the people the future people the future hires how do you how do you build such a trust you as a, as a leader how do you make sure that you know how do you let go and trust your people yeah as i said uh first of all we are not uh using any we're not making a lot of pressure on people Let's say, yeah. uh, like we're trying to to give them opportunity to solve the problems they would like to solve, and also in parallel, this this will contribute to our uh, strategy. Again, we are not so big to like to have a lot of staff who is doing a lot of operational work, and uh, this work is not so uh, so ambitious. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand it. So for on. In our small team, like twenty people, uh, it's possible to to not uh, to give a lot of independency and uh, do what you would like. What if they make a mistake? Uh, we made a lot of mistake, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, not a lot, I would say, uh, with the, with the staff, with the team. Uh, we we have uh, we made the hirings in the past, and then we uh, decided not to go uh, further with these people because. Uh, like it was no trust between us uh, and uh, we have not uh, anything in common. So the people would like to just a- any any vision for the future, uh, uh, not common with us. Like it's always possible that you will not find the the, the, the person who is always really uh, have the same goals with you. But uh, why not? You always can stop 
collaborating with this person and find, trying to find another. It's a, one of the biggest challenge during the five years I'm running uh, my company is is expansion, uh, yeah. especially in the, in the team, and it's quite challenging to find people who is really who is ready to trust you, who is ready to to do the same. Uh, what is important for your company at this moment, but it's possible. You just need to be patient and try speak with the people uh, involve uh, all team members on the interviews and and of course like to test for the first months and then if it's not working just uh, stop it not upset about this and just go further and to find another person who will yeah if the person doesn't be, fit just be ready yeah. to uh, let let let, let her, right let him go before it's before it's too late and it creates more problems makes total total sense um, but plus, I guess in a country, well, because you, you, you're in Ukraine, right? And in a country at war right now, it must must be, I, I think, like an extra pressure, an extra difficulty to find to find people. You know, it's uh, it's interesting, but like yes and no, yes and mm-hmm. no, uh, because Ukraine is is really big technical uh, technical hub. We have a lot of engineers in Ukraine uh, before the war and uh, still, and. Yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of company was afraid in of uh, of these risks, and they decided to to leave Ukraine to stop investing in Ukraine. And uh, the company like us, like we are, like took this chance to find uh, these people who was um, who lost this job because this Western company like uh, go away from from Ukraine. That's why, like for for tech industry, I would say it's more or less not so big problem and okay. the second point yeah we can hire people uh, all around the world uh, it's not a problem for us because we are like uh, IT software company yeah. but for a company who is depend on uh, of the people um, on the land yeah it's more challenging stuff yeah I, 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 I guess I guess so all right let's move into what what you do in uh, OKRs let's start from the beginning what is OKR. OKRs is just uh, uh, one of the approaches you can use to to set company goals and then break down these goals into the uh, lowest level uh, to align people towards uh, the the most important strategic goals for the company. And also uh, the framework can help you to not only align and engage, but also uh, align in the focus, but also to engage uh, people. Because right now a lot of companies is struggling with not engaged, not engaged uh, people uh, because of the remote or hybrid work. Uh, there is not enough uh, this connection of human to human in the offices, and uh, mm-hmm. it's quite difficult to keep focus and to keep the uh, people engaged with um, with the company goals. And this uh, framework perfectly help to solve this problem with engagement, focus, and alignment. So let's let's be a bit practical. I love I love to be practical. Let's imagine like I'm a potential client for for uh, of yours. And I want to implement OKR. So where where should I start? What's the process? I would say the process can be like split it on two phases. The first mm-hmm. phase is to to learn a little bit about the framework and uh, the the challenges you would like to address. 
with this always uh always a care framework uh the first of all yeah you you need to understand why do you need it a lot of a lot of companies trying to implement uh okrs without any knowledge and uh, uh they fail because they don't invest uh in the knowledge so they don't have any person internally who who is aware of how to implement this methodology and why do they need it so they just it's a hype. Uh, let's say right now it's the the methodology becoming more and more popular. Yeah. Let's say it's a little bit hype around it, and uh, people think that it's easy to implement. Let's do it. I I can do everything, uh, including OKRs. But there is some small small things you need to know before you will start implementing it. Uh, for example, uh, people underestimate the importance of involvement of C-level team in into this implementation. Mm. If your C-level team is not involved deeply into a CAR methodology, uh, they don't support this idea or just saying, yeah, you can do it. We're not, uh, we will not do any um, resistance of this methodology, but like we're not, have, we have not enough time to, to support yeah. it. In this case, probably you will fail because the, the methodology works. It's important to work from top down and to both from bottom up. For example, let's say the couple of departments decided to implement methodology, but the, the management team is not supporting this idea. In this case, couple of departments create their own OKRs and start working on them. But Finally, these OKRs are not aligned between these departments. So the the product department will come up with uh, with a solution for, for example, for Asia market, but the marketing team will come up with a solution for Latam market, and uh, there is no alignment and there is no focus. So the company will not achieve anything from this collaboration because, like, uh, nothing was no elements of OKRs was implemented here no focus and no alignment just they took uh, the approach of writing down OKRs and that's it yeah. yeah it's not it's nothing so uh first of all you need to understand that you need to involve c-level team into this implementation and the second you need to know your mission and vision and long-term strategy if you if you have all this in place you can break down this long-term strategy into your yearly and quarter OKRs and yeah. It can help you to to work uh, on the uh, on this quarter base um, uh, cycles and uh, track your progress. Focus your team on these uh, strategic initiatives. Uh, if not, like also with, without uh, without long term plans, you will not be able to break down them into the short term OKRs, and it will not work. Uh, that's why the first phase to learn a little bit about OKR framework to understand uh, who should be involved into inside your team into implementation of this methodology, especially C level still, it's a perfect people who can. Uh, help you to implement them. And the next phase is to to build a prototype of this um, of this uh, approach, and take couple of to take your strategy and, uh, for example, to take a couple of teams of your of your company and to to create this uh, prototype using this couple of teams. Create uh, um, OKRs for them for the one quarter test to work in this um, in this um, framework and see what happened at the end of the cycle 
make some retrospective session, especially at the end of the cycle, quarter cycle, and see what can be improved, who else should be involved, and then step-by-step step testing it. And the third st uh, stage, I would say, it it is the scale of this methodology for the whole mm -hmm. company. On this stage, uh, probably you should you should uh, think about the software you would like to use here because because when a lot of people is involved, with, uh, you need to understand how to control all this process, how to establish this process in the way it will be uh, perfect and not interrupt people from their regular work. Uh, how to track everything, how to measure the result of this implementation. So, like. First of all, it's uh, get some knowledge about the cars, then yeah. that test uh, test it uh, with a small number of people. The first cycle and the second cycle is scale uh, on the company uh, company wide yeah. scale. So, so that's that's a great that's a great uh, uh, su su summary. So, if you're a funder, I guess as the funder, you should educate first educate yourself about about the OKR and see mm -hmm. if it's viable for your for your company, and then perhaps. Assign an OKR champion. It could be yourself, or it could be, or it could be someone else. Well, what is the difference between OKR and KPR? The difference is uh, the first of all, there is a lot of uh, difference. But I already mentioned at the beginning that the quite important element of OKRs is to give people idea to come up with their uh, with their ideas. Uh, so um, once company set the company strategic uh, goals. Yeah, uh, from the top, the team inside your company know better how to improve specific metrics internally because yeah. they know a lot, uh, the, much more better than you are what can be improved uh, like in small pieces uh, of your process of work. And uh, here, are, what is the difference between OKRs and uh, KPIs? That the the people should come up with these ideas uh, by ourselves. So, and right. they will be more more keen to achieve these goals on the lowest level, which will contribute to the company, to the company goals. If you use KPIs, you always will uh, use top-down approach. So you need, you will check your previous results, then you will create your forecasting and uh, like add potential growth you would like to grow in this uh, metric. And then you will say, hey guys, I decided to set these KPIs for you. So the, the people have no chance to, to set their personal goals. And uh, right. this is a big difference. Uh, the KPIs, it's, it's also can be work in parallel with OKRs, but uh, maybe uh, in some cases it can be KPIs working in specifically in operational departments, mm -hmm. uh, but OKRs can, can work in, uh, in departments who is, who is trying to to disrupt different in different uh, um, areas of your company, so they need more quickly to move into the specific goals, like to to create an innovative product, to to win on the specific market. And yeah. it is not about KPIs; it's about the approach how you will achieve these things. Yeah. And here, OKRs can help you. Uh, right. So, so basically, if I if I hear you well, you're saying that okay, I'm the uh, the entrepreneur, the funder, the C-suite. I give you the strategic direction. This is where I would like to go, and now I'm giving you with the I implement OKR framework to give you the freedom to tell me how we're going to execute the yeah, the strategic exactly. goals and reflect on them all all the time and change change them all the time. So it's 
basically agile agile management yeah it is about the freedom you're right yeah. it's about the freedom it's about uh the motivation as well what's the difference of like it's a big difference between motivation uh in tpi approach and the car approach when the person is created the goal uh, created by himself he will be yeah. much more motivated to achieve this goal rather than yeah because the, the take ownership of it it's a personal commitment as well. So yeah. I decided to uh, to achieve this goal. Why I, I should not achieve it? So it's a personal commitment, and uh, this is yeah. Yeah, the, and the uh, it's a great way. An OKR framework is a great way to uh, remove bottlenecks <laughs> because you are actually you are actually empowering people with taking ownership of their goals and and uh, execution on on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love example, uh, which is perfectly explained this uh, from another angle. Let's say you are 16 years old. Yeah, you're just starting your like your uh, your life after the uh, school. And uh, like you at this point, let's say some parents can advise you to go to engineering uh, university. Yeah, and then you go because parents advise you to do this, and you yeah. trust to your parents. Yeah, but after five years of education, you recognize that it is not yours. Absolutely, you would like to be a doctor, and uh, here we you can like you can hear a lot from these people. Like it was not my dream; it was dream of my parents. Yeah. Right now, I would like to I would like to achieve my dream. I would like to be a doctor that's that's how it works uh with objective as well so it was not my objective it was the objective which was created by my team lead i would like to yeah. work uh my objective and this is absolutely. a completely different motivation absolutely you must involved your your team in in delivering in thinking about the strategy of of your business so it's so it's so important that everybody is aligned behind the same the same objectives okay yeah. and yeah and oh, on, just one, one thing i would like to add here you uh the the big things cannot be accomplished only uh by the team not by individuals yeah and uh that's why okrs is also quite uh good here because you involve all the company to to build this uh, hierarchy of um, OKRs on the company level, department level, team level, personal level, and here all these uh, people are working towards the one strategic uh, goal, but uh, they are all motivated to achieve this goal. They understand what will company achieve, what will department achieve, what will team achieve and like everything is working as a single organism excellent great wrap up of what okls are and so i want to turn a little bit about you know to you now they are the entrepreneur and you've been an entrepreneur for five years if, if i record correctly what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur it is to to be a person who would like to improve uh, the people's life but it is always drive me uh, this thing is always driving me. like we're doing something which can be which can be useful uh, which can improve uh, people's life again in our business uh, i really believe that there is no better alternative than 
OKRs right now. Right now, mm-hmm. I don't see any good alternatives how to to achieve all these positive things as uh, OKR provides. In this case, like I really like what we are doing because we're helping companies to grow faster, to motivate people, to make them independent, motivated engaged it's like win 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 it's win for for company it's win for employees and it's win for us like it's yeah. super we win win you know entrepreneurs are are driven or, are, or crave impact and that's exactly what you're talking talking mm-hmm. you want yeah. to have an impact you want to make a diff you want to make a difference and change change people's life this is one of the secrets of being a successful entrepreneur and I can tell you that part after, you know, 150 interviews <laughs> with uh, with entrepreneurs. So it's more of a fact than an assumption. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. This is the, the biggest motivation for all entrepreneurs. Yeah. yeah. What have you learned about yourself since you became an entrepreneur? A lot, a lot. Uh, so uh, when I became an entrepreneur, I need to solve a lot of different problems uh, every day. Starting from from our again the strategic goals, yeah, like how I see the company in the last uh, in the last one year, five years, uh, how to achieve these goals, how to manage people, how to understand what is our values, like and all these things uh, is quite interesting. And I every day I I meet the new challenges and uh, even sometimes I don't know how to solve them, but like we are moving not fa- so fast as could be maybe, but anyway, we are growing. And uh, like what I can say right now in general, like I understood that everything is possible. Everything is possible. And uh, just set your ambition goal and uh, like you, you can accomplish it. Nothing stop you from this. Would that be the main, you know, lesson you would give to other entrepreneurs? I would say... Uh, in my journey, I will, I will stress the couple of things. The first mm. thing uh, it is to just to start. It's quite difficult to start because you have a lot of fear, like mm. it it will not work. Uh, you, you will run out of money. Uh, you need like to you you need to not sleep or like a lot of nights to yeah. uh, to start to to become profitable etc etc but in general just um the second point um especially for me i don't know uh maybe some people is not is much more strong individuals to uh accomplish some uh difficult problems by themselves at uh, mm-hmm. projects but for me i would say was really important to find a couple of partners who was the founders together with me uh and uh it was really helpful to like to to start and to break the first wall i would say mm-hmm. it's quite important to to build your first team of the people who is also keen as you keen to go forward and to build uh, something something uh interesting useful and uh, successful so you can show to yourself that you can do it then sports it's possible yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the my again my suggestion is to just to start doing it, and the second it's very important to find the 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 partners, the people yeah. who will help you to start it, because uh, one person is it's quite difficult to to motivate yourself every day, but uh, when you are 
not single, these people can help you too. Yes, this is another secret of uh, successful uh, entrepreneurs. Surround yourself with people. Even if you're alone, you can still surround yourself with people. Just have to, to reach out, which mm -hmm. is sometimes the most difficult thing to do. Okay, Victor, thank you very much uh, for your time. I just have one last question for you. How can people contact you? People can find me on LinkedIn uh, by just by typing Victor Grekov and uh, they can find me. Uh, I'm open to to meet new people and to collaborate. Excellent. Well, again, Victor, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Laurent. Yeah, and take care. And thank you for listening. I hope you found the insights and tips Victor shared today helpful to tackle your own bottlenecks. Don't forget to tune in next time for more inspiring stories and expert advice. Until then, subscribe to the podcast. That way you won't miss any future episodes. See you next time. Bye for now.